Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Well, welcome to Oasis Church Chicago. My name is Pastor JP. It's an honor that you all are here this morning. Uh, We just want to give another big welcome to anybody that just came in a little bit later. If this is your first time being here, can you just do me the favor again of just slipping up your hand if this is your first time being here today? Come on, hands are up. Can we welcome them one more time? Amen. We're glad you're here. I do not believe you're here by some accident or the stars aligning. I believe you're here for a reason. I believe Jesus Christ has something he wants to say to you today, and so we're glad you're here. If you do not have a community of people that you're doing life with, we'd love to come alongside you, so go to uh, the gym, or better yet, check out anybody in the back, one of those individuals standing in the back after service. They can connect you with us. Uh, One other quick thing that's happening in the life of Oasis that I want to share to those of you that call this place home. Um, the week of uh, the first week of November, that Monday through that Friday, uh, the Lord pressed it on my heart. I was out for a run. Believe it or not, I do run. Um, it may not show, but praise God, I still do it. Um, I was out for a run, and the Lord just said, "Where this church is going, what this church is called to do, is to call uh, a call to be a deeper house of prayer." And um, I, I stopped running. I was convicted. I was challenged. And um, so the Lord said, for that first week, Monday through Friday, um, we're going to have twelve hours of prayer. Um, and what that means is, is that um, we're going to pray for 12 hours straight. Um, and you're like, wait, all of us together at once? Um, if you feel led to, praise God. Um, but you're going to sign up for an hour during those, that week where you're going to take that hour, that shift, better yet, and you're going you're to pray. You're going to press in. Maybe fast during that time. If you feel led to, I encourage you to. Um, but we're going to pray for our city. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for our individuals in our church. We're going to pray for our families. Come on, how many of you know prayer works? We believe in the power of prayer. We have seen prayer work. How many of you know that we may not see the the prayers answered on this side of eternity? I can't wait to get to heaven and see how God was like, look at all these things that have happened and you didn't get to see it, but you prayed for them and you pressed in for them. Look at the miracles. Look at the wonders. Look at the people that were saved and set free and transformed because of your commitment to pray, to give up your time, to give up your uh, your, your space and, and calendar and to press into the presence of God. How many of you know prayer connects us to the presence of God and it is good to pray and God hears his cry, the cries of his children. So we're going to pray together, church, so be on the lookout for that. There's ways to sign up. And I believe God's going to do something special. Amen? Amen. Four of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, we've been in a series entitled Royally Set Apart, if you've been with us the past couple weeks. And we're going to continue in this series, um, just so you know and you're aware, all the way till the end of November. I'm excited. Uh, the book of First Peter and, and Second Peter, they're powerful books of the Bible that Peter, an apostle, a disciple of Jesus, wrote to a church that was new, that was being challenged, that was being persecuted, that was being attacked for their belief in Jesus. Uh, some, some things similar to today, right? And Peter writes these powerful words of instruction, of, of, of promise, of, of identity, Come on, church, we have an identity crisis today, and we need to know who we are in Christ. And so the, 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 the words royally set apart were placed on our hearts as a team, and we just said, we want to we instill, we want to equip our people to be people that are royally set apart, 
that there is royalty. You have a royal title now that when you came to Jesus, this is not an arrogant title. This is not a prideful title. If you wear it that way, you're missing it. But there is a title that you are a son and a daughter of the king. A son and daughter of the king. That makes you royalty. There's a, there's a thing in my son's room that, that, that reads, I am a son of the king. That makes me royalty. Mighty like a warrior, brave as can be. Everywhere I go, I know my God is with me. I read that over my son 17 times a day in Jesus' name. That brother's going to get saved <laughs> quick. <laughs> I remind him of who he is in Christ, not who he is as a trollio. Some of you are like, who's that? That's my last name. Some of you cannot pronounce it still to this day, but bless you. There you go. He is a son of the king. He is royalty. You are royal, but not just royal. You are called to be set apart. You are called to look different. You are called to act different. You are called to smell different from the world. Come on. And I'm not talking about hygiene. I'm talking waking up the next day from anyways. We are called to be set apart, not to put our fingers to the world. You know this about this church. If you've been coming long enough, I, 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 my heart is burdened for the people that don't know Jesus yet. My heart breaks when I see people's lives going in a direction that is the opposite of following Jesus. I, I want to see them come to freedom. I want to see them come to life. I want to see them come to hope. I want to see them come to the fullness of Jesus Christ. And so if that is a call for me to set my life apart from the things of this world so people can look and go, man, what is different? Something is different about that individual. Then Lord, do it in me. For the sake of a brother and a sister that don't know him. Amen? So we've been discovering all about this, and I hope you continue to read your Bibles. First Peter chapter 2. Open it up today if you got it on your phone, or it's going to be up on the big screen behind me. How many of you read First Peter 2 last week, throughout the week? Nobody. In Jesus' name, I pray that people in our church would love the Word of God. Well, pastor, it's not in my reading plan. Just add five extra minutes to your reading plan. This week, I want you to go home and I want you to read 1 Peter chapter 2. Amen? Everyone say 1 Peter chapter 2. Every day. There you go. So next week when I ask, every hand's going to go up in Jesus' name. And so I, I taught on this couple of these verses last week. I want to cover a few of those verses again and then jump into two verses. Um, two verses that I think are super important for us today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. I entitled this installment of this sermon series, Where Do You Live? Verse 9, Peter writes, But you are not like that. Speaking of people that, acted, uh, that act like they're in darkness. People that act like the world. Because now when we come to Jesus, we don't act the same way we used to act. Okay? So he says, You are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Another translation says that you are God's special possession. How many of you that has been ringing in your ears this week, that, that you are God's special possession, that he cares for you, that he loves you, that he takes, he takes, he takes a thought of you, that he, his heart is for you. He, you are not just some creature here on this earth, but you are a special possession of King Jesus. If that doesn't wake you up to worship him, not really sure what will. That God sees you and he said, I, you're my, I chose you. You are my possession now. A special possession of God. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. As a result of knowing who we are, we should flow from that and show the world who he is. 
For he called you out of darkness, anybody thankful, into his wonderful light. For once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Come on, our identity is who is what? We are God's people. Stop running around trying to get your identity from social media. Oh, if he just likes this, I know if he just likes this, I'll finally be complete. No, you will not. If he just, oh, I hope he messages me. I hope he hits me up. Oh, I'll, I'll finally know who I am. I'll finally be secure. You will not. If I just get that job, I will be complete. No, you will not. You will continue to need more and more and more and more. Instead of going, I am a son and a daughter of the king. I am God's people now. No one else. You awake, 11. Doug, I'm going to ask you to turn the lights off and on in one second. Guys, this should floor you. Once you receive no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. And this is where we're at today. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. Dear friends, I warn you. Everyone say warn you. As temporary residents and foreigners to keep away. Keep away. Abstain, another translation says. Do not touch from worldly desires that wage war. War against your very souls. This is not a game, guys. Faith, life, life is not a game. And some of you in this room right now are playing the game. You're acting like a game, like this is a game. This is a, this is a battle for our hearts, for our souls. Be careful then, once you know who you are and know that you're not a part of this place, to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Father, this is your word, and Father, it's powerful. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. So Father, I pray those words would ring true in hearts right now. Father, whatever I say, Holy Spirit, guide my tongue and my lips. I wanna be a vessel for you. I wanna get out of the way, but God, I want you to speak. Holy Spirit, you can speak to the hardest of hearts in this, heart, in this place right now. Soften minds, soften spirits. May people receive today the truth of who we are found in you. Thank you, God, that you have called us sons and daughters and that you have called us to live a life set apart for you. It's an honor. It's a privilege. We bless you and ask this all in Jesus' name and everybody says, amen. Where do you live? If I asked any of you that questions, hopefully right now, you would be able to give me an answer of your physical location of where you live in this city or suburbs. If I said to you, hey, where do you live? You would confidently give me an answer back quickly. I live in this neighborhood or I live on this street or I live at this address. You would know exactly where you live, right? If you do not, we are here to help you figure that out. <laughs> like, like, like you confidently give an answer back. Hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from this part of the city. Or where, where, are, you, where are you from? Like, where do you live? Oh, I'm on this street. And, and that. Like, we know where we live. When you know where you live, you don't wander. Well, some of us do. You, you don't wander to get home. You know how to get home. You know exactly where you're going. You know exactly how to get there, right? Well, like you don't have to wonder, like, where do I, how, where am I living? You know exactly where your home is. You know exactly where you reside, and you know how to get there. Thank God for Google Maps sometimes, though, too. Like, like when I say, like, where are you living? I'm not talking necessarily about the physical location today. You all know, I'm asking you, where is your soul living today? Where is your heart living today? Where is your mind 
living today. I haven't forgotten what to say. I want you to think about that. Where are you living? I think this is a crucial question for the church, for believers. Are we saying that we live here on this earth and this is our home? Or are we saying, no, this is not our home? Heaven is our home. I hope and pray as a church that we come to grips with where our hearts are at. Where is our home? Our home is with King Jesus in heaven. Our hearts are not called to live here among this earth, among this land. We are called to fix our eyes on Jesus, to, to look to him, to know that we have been placed in his family, in his home, and that is in heaven with him. Yes, we live here now, JP, so what are you talking about? We live from there in the now. And I think what's happened among believers is that we are so focused on here and now and not looking to where we are going. How many of you know it's a lot easier to get to a place, a destination, when you know where the destination is? Amen? If I told you, hey, go, just go to the place, find me there, just said there, you'd be like, um, excuse me, do you wanna give me some location? No, just find me there. You'll, you'll figure it out. You'd be walking around the city for days. But if I said, find me at this address, find me at Chicago Hope, you would know, okay, I know exactly how to get there and I know what's ahead for me. I know, how to, when you know the destination, the journey's easier. And this is the reality today is that the journey is really hard for some of us in the room right now following Jesus because we don't know what the destination is. It's not about getting to heaven, it's about heaven working in us now. But if we know our hearts are in heaven with Jesus and I know that one day I'm gonna meet him face to face and it's gonna be the best day in the world, I know how to live now. I don't worry about what's going on. I don't get shook with what's happening. I don't get fearful for what's going on. I stay confident. I rest assured. I know who my help is, who my God is, and where I'm going to. We've got a crisis of where we're living. I promise not to yell for this whole sermon. But I think there's a problem among the church of going, man, I, I don't know where, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how, I have an identity. I don't know, ah! Peter writes these words, hey, 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 this is not your home. And if you hold on to this place too tight, you're gonna miss it. You're gonna get burned. You're gonna get hurt. This home is but a mist, a moment. How many of you know that? <laughs> We're playing games like we know tomorrow's in our hands. We know the next week is for us. Like, we don't know any of that, right? And we got to go, man, my confidence is knowing that Jesus, heaven, is where I live. Peter writes these words to the church to stir them, to, to make them aware. He says, hey, this is who you are. You are a, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You are, you are set aside. You are, you are a God's special possession. So in knowing that, then you know how to live. You know that, that, that then because of that, you can walk this thing out day in and day out. You, you don't have to, to be like the world or, or of this world. You can be a person that says, I have been called by God. I have been saved and set free by Jesus. I'm going to live from that position. When you said yes to Jesus, everything in your life died. 
Like, like I'm going to keep harping on this because we're fighting this in this church. I can still do what I want to do, pastor. I can still have my way. The reality is, is you can't. You can't have any of that. You can't have Jesus in your way. <laughs> you just can't. Can you still have the talents and gifts that God's placed inside of you? 100% because he wants to use them. He wants to use you in a mighty way. But if your plans and your agendas and your ways are, are, are coming over the ways of Jesus, you're missing it. No, I'm a royal priest. I'm a holy. I'm set aside. I'm a God's special possession. Man, I'm going to function from that while I'm here on this earth. I hope my life matters here. I hope your life matters and makes an impact here. But this is not our home. This is not our home. Come on, I, I, this is the same message I preached the last service, but man, it is heavy in here right now because some of you are like, what? I want to do all these great things. I want to have all these. I want to build the bank account. I want to have the job. It's not bad, but if you're not doing it for Jesus, you're missing everything about it. So Peter writes, hey, 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 listen, 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 guys. I know you're going through it. I know you're getting tossed. I know you're getting hit. But let me remind you, let me encourage you with a couple things. This is how people that reside in heaven live. The first thing is this. People who live in heaven are not consumed by earthly passions. Okay. I'm going to come right home to your living room right now. You okay? You guys good? When you know that you are a kingdom person, you are a son and a daughter, earthly passions fade. Verse 11 says, dear friends, another translation says, beloved, I, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires. Pretty clear, right? You got the scripture up there? No? I'll read it to you again. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away, abstain, don't touch. <laughs> How many of you know that's a hard word? Can we be honest? It's hard not to touch the things of this world. My hand is up, so if none of your hands are up, pray for your pastor then. Thank you. I'm, I'm not, I, the world has faded from my eyes. I am set up. Come on, come on. <laughs> Let's have a little humility in this place saying, man, it's really hard to stay away from the things of this world. But Peter writes to a church, if you're gonna be the church, if you're gonna be the church that the world needs to see, stop acting like the world. Stop messing with the world. Stop touching the things of this world and be set apart. Abstain from it, from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Your souls are at risk here. Hey, have you ever been consumed by anything in life? I am now consumed by golf. My wife said, you're retired for the season. Praise God. I have a consumption. I like want to play every day. I want to get better. I want to like know how to hit the ball farther. Praise God. I want to know how to putt back. Like I'm consumed right now. I'm reading articles. I'm watching YouTube videos. It's ridiculous. I'm going to make it to the tour one day. <laughs> we are a society today that is consumed with things that are killing our souls. I'm going to give you some stats. Can I give you some stats today? I'm going to give you some stats of what's happening today. These are, these are, most of these are found beginning of quarantine, March to, to present day today. These are stats that, that, that actually convicted me, challenged me, made me actually super burdened. But we are people that we are being consumed by the world and its desires. This is not just stats from the world. This is all of us. Okay? You with me? Here's a couple. You ready? 243% increase in alcohol sales. Binnie's is hopping. 
200? You guys get that? That means people are choosing the bottle more than they're choosing the king of kings because they are so hurt, they are so broken, they are so lost, they are empty, and they're saying, man, that is gonna fix me. How many of you know that will never heal anybody's life? 243%? 7.5 hours on average spent on media per day. How many hours in a day? 24. 7.5 of those you spend watching a screen, at, at, at whatever, phone, TV, 7.5, average American. Two billion, billion video game users. That's not just teenagers. That's grown adults playing video games right now. <laughs> Can I just say something, grown adults? <laughs> I love video games, but like, come on, man. Like the five-hour PlayStation sessions, it's kind of... One billion hours of YouTube videos per day. Did you catch that? One billion hours of YouTube videos a day. Who is on YouTube that much? Are you that bored? Are you that bored? Come to my house. I will give you something to do. One billion hours. This is, this is, our, this is us. We're consuming all the wrong things. One billion. Facebook, Instagram usage up 40%. This one is a tragedy to society. This is men and women. Porn. <laughs> Pastor, why you gotta go there? Why you gotta mess with that? Why you gotta talk about that? Can I, can I say something? Guys, guys, God cares about your purity. He actually wants you to be pure. He actually wants you to be holy. He wants you to be, not because he's some mean God, but because he wants you to get into a marriage that is free. Jesus, God created sex. It's the best thing in the world. Pastor, why are you, this is the 11 o'clock. You guys are fine. If I had kids in the nine, I would not be saying these things. You know what sex is outside of marriage? Getting the reward without the work. Gosh, why do I have to say these things, Pastor? Why you gotta go there? Come on. You know what happens every time? You kill yourself. You take a piece of your heart and you give it to somebody else. You take a piece of your, your big, I was there. I'm not saying this because I'm perfect or had it. I was the same person. But, but pornography, 3.4 on one website and 2.85 trillion, trillion. Everyone say trillion. Monthly visitors. Interaction on Tinder and Hinge, whatever they are today, up 20%. Pastor, I'm just trying to find Mr. Right and Mrs. Right. I'm just trying. I'm just trying. No, you're trying to fill a void, guys. You want a spouse that loves God? Serve the house of God. You want a spouse that loves God and is going to love you? Get to the house of God. Show up to the house of God. But I'm not just talking here physically. I'm saying be the church. Serve people. Show, show them your worth through the commitment to Jesus. Not some dumb hinge date. <laughs> Pastor, you guys don't have enough single people in here. No, we got tons of them. We, we just, and I love single people in our church, but with single people, stop committing yourselves to other things. Commit yourselves to God and use this time wisely. Live wisely among this time nowadays. I know I'm harping on some people this morning, but it's awesome. Where is your house at? Like, where is your home? Man, Netflix increased volume 32%. 5.8 billion 
not even counting the off the market sales of marijuana in the month of June. 5.8. People are trying to fill voids. People are trying to heal themselves. People are trying to self-medicate and it's not working. And as church people, as I hate the word church people because that's just a ridiculous statement. As followers of Jesus, are we finding ourselves in any of those categories? Because if we are, then we're saying, man, we are giving ourselves to the earthly, worldly passions. And Peter writes, stop. Don't do it. Don't go there. Don't touch it. Not because God doesn't want you to have fun. I have a lot of fun. How many of you have fun following Jesus? If you don't, Get, some with, get, get around some friends that will have fun with you with Jesus. But we have a world that's saying, no, I'm going to give it. This, how many of you know this hurts? This, this stings a little bit. What do you mean? I can't touch the world? No! <laughs> what do you want me to give you? An answer that's not going to like tell you the truth? Go ahead, touch it a little bit. See how it, see how it feels. No, I'm thankful that I have friends in my life that go, Jay, what the mess are you doing? Anybody thankful for friends that say, hey, I warn you, I urge you, do not, because you are temporary, you are not permanent residents, you are aliens of this land, do not give in to the passions of this world. Because this is not our home. We don't live for this place. We live for what's ahead. And we live here now to show the world that God saved us and set us free through his son, Jesus We should fix our minds on what is pure, what is admirable, what is lovely, whatever is right, whatever is praiseworthy. Put our minds to those things. How many know it's a lot better to think about the things that are lovely than the things of darkness? How many of you know when you start thinking about the things of darkness, you start to get depressed? I've been off of social media completely for three weeks. It has been amazing. I actually think people are good people. I actually look at them like, man, people are actually really nice. <laughs> I start to see the best in people. I don't base people off what they post or what they don't post. Why are we acting like the world? Because we haven't said yes to the Holy Spirit working inside of us. In every part of our hearts, in every part of our minds, in every part of our being saying, work in me, release that junk out of me, heal me, set me free, restore every part of my heart, every part of my mind that is broken, that is out of line, because I want to walk this life out as an exile, as a foreigner, and I want to give you glory in every... Man, I shouldn't have drank that third coffee. He says, he says, hey, hey. The reason why I'm saying this to you is because you're foreigners. You're exiles. It, it, the, that word, you hear that and you kind of think abandoned, right? I have, I, I, I'm just wandering. I don't really. But the good thing about it, when, when God calls you to live as that, he's actually calling you to live with him. This has been the people of God from the beginning. From the beginning, through all the history of Scripture, through all the the people of Israel, this has been the beginning. This is the story unfolding time and time again. Hey, you do not live on this earth. While you are here, glorify me. Give me glory. Love your neighbor. Do all those things. But guess what? I am with you in your exile. I am with you when you choose me over the world. I am with you when you're in your bedroom crying out to me because nobody else has called you that night. Nobody else has dropped you a text message tonight saying, come hang with us. I'm with you, daughter. I am with you, son. I want to grow you. I want to mold you. I want to shape you. You don't need to 
fill your time just with a bunch of time in order to fix yourself. Jesus wants to come invade your time to heal every part. Man, I don't have much time. Praise God. Is this okay? I love you, Liz. This is huge for us to get. We got crisis happening because we don't know who we are. And we don't know where we're going. So as we live with the mindset knowing that we are placed in heaven, we live well here on earth. You don't gossip about your coworker. You don't talk stupid stuff about your friend. You don't do any of that stuff. You speak highly of those that persecute you. You love those that hate you. How many you know that's hard? Man, recently the Lord, oh man, how many of you love when the Holy Spirit works on you in places that you preach about and then you gotta get dealt with? <laughs> I said, I said to the Lord, is this okay? I'm gonna go just a few moments longer today. In the, is this okay, saints of the church? Yeah. The Lord woke me up a couple days ago and said, live well among this earth. I want you to text somebody. I said, nah, I'm not gonna text that person. I said, God, if you wake me up tomorrow, I'll text that person. How many of you know you should not play games with God like that? I woke up the next day. He said, live well among this earth. Text him. I said, God, you are perfect. You are great. Third time's a charm. If you wake me up a third time, I will reach out and I will extend a note. How many of you know that whole second day I was burning with conviction? Went to bed, couldn't sleep, woke up the next morning, and God said, I said, okay. Because this is not my home. I'm sorry for the personal story, but it's the reality. Like, I don't do it perfect. This is not our home. God called me to extend love, to live well, to, to not give in to the worldly passions, the desires that rage war against our souls. You know what rage war against your soul? Bitterness, anger, resentment. Those rage war against you. And God said, I need you to release this. And I said, God, no. He said, yes. And finally, man, because he's so kind and gracious, I sent it. And, you know, it's just like a weight came off. I believe there's going to be freedom and move of God upon that person's life. But he's, he's, he's saved you from things. And are you still going back to the things he's redeemed you from? If he has redeemed you from some stuff, are you going back to them? Because you have forgotten, not condemnation, you have forgotten who you are in him. I want the Holy Spirit to remind you of this today. Second thing is this. So we know who we are. We live well. We abstain. We fight the desires of the flesh. Guys, you can go into Galatians. You can go into Philippians. You can read what those are. Read your Bibles. I don't have to sit up here and hit the hard ones, right? Like know how to live well here. Out of that then, the second thing is this. People who live in heaven live well on earth. Okay, They abstain from the desires, and then we live well on this earth. And where do I get that from? Verse 12, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. When we know who we are, we know how to live among those that don't believe in Jesus. Why? To show them the character and the love of Jesus Christ through our lives. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles excellent. If you are a believer and you are going into scenes, moments, places, and you are acting the same way as the world, you are giving the world a bad picture of Jesus. 
And I've been there. And I still will probably fall prey to this. Thank God for mercy, right? But that's not an excuse to cheapen this word right now. This is a word to say, how are you acting in your workspace? Even on the Zoom calls, wherever you're at still today, how are you acting? Are you living well under the authority of heaven where God has placed you so that the people around you that don't know him might go, man, what's up with that person? Be careful how you conduct yourselves among your unbelieving neighbors. Jesus talks about these words, right? He says, hey, there's two great commandments that I have. Love the Lord God and love your neighbor. That's the whole thing right there. Another translation, uh, a passage of scripture, excuse me, and later on in, in Galatians, I believe he said, the greatest commandment is this, love your neighbor. The way we love our neighbor matters. We don't love our neighbor the way that they want to be loved. Meaning, you don't go along with them when they are heading in the direction of death for the sake of loving them. Hello. Okay. 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 This is hard because I am a guy that loves people. I want to see people transformed by the goodness of Jesus Christ. But there is a tension point. There is a fine line of saying, I'm going to let them just do whatever they want. I'm talking like neighbors. You could put the word friends in there, right? Like I, I, I got to toe the line with when I have friends that don't love Jesus. I have friends that don't love Jesus, right? I, I do. I have to toe the line very carefully of going, I'm going to say something to them about how they're living or I'm just going to show them. I'm not going to say what they need to hear in this moment. You with me? We got to show unbelievers what it means to follow Jesus. And I think in 2020, we are giving a really distorted picture of it. That I think they're looking across the landscape of the church going, you guys don't look much different. That's not to condemn, that's to call us out. Like, like you guys don't really look, you're not, you're not really, there's no real difference. You show up to church, you lift your hands, you give to the offering plate, you, you say hello to someone, bless you brother, bless you sister, and you walk out, but your, your lives aren't much different. The reality is, is that we are called to live our, live our lives well among those that don't believe. I, I got saved at 22, right? And um, I remember I got saved on a Wednesday. I shared this story in first service. I got saved on a Wednesday night. And what that means for anybody in here that's like, what are you talking about? The word like radically met me. Every lie, every distorted view I had of him was just transformed right in front of my eyes. I had him on a Wednesday and Friday came and Fridays were the times where I was doing extracurricular activities that were not of the Lord. <laughs> and I remember I went out Friday afternoon because I knew the phone call was coming and I was brand new to this thing. I picked up all the stuff at the, let's just call store that carried a lot of beverages. Spent a lot of money. Got in the car, waited for the phone call, got the phone call from my buddy who was, was having the, the gathering. See how I'm doing this? This is good. Was having the gathering, the party at the, the house. And this is not because pastor's great. Hear me. Forgive me for this personal story, but I remember getting saved on a Wednesday, doing all that Friday, getting the phone call on Friday. And I remember the Holy Spirit. You ever had the Holy Spirit just say one word to you? And you know full on it is, if you have it, ask him to. Okay, so, so, so I pick up the phone from a buddy. Some of you might know the story. 
I got the call, picked it up. I said, what's up, man? He goes, hey, hey, 730. This is what's happening. This is where we'll be. Go. And, and I remember the Holy Spirit just said one word. Stop. I said, what? Stop. And I felt the conviction of heaven. And I said, hey, man, um, I can't come tonight. I can't, I can't show up tonight. On Wednesday, my life was changed. I can't explain it. I can't tell you. It's, it's weird. I can't, you can't intellectually agree or understand this. Something just changed in my heart. And I would love to share the story that my buddy was like, praise God, tell me more. That's awesome, man. For the next two minutes, I heard words that were just words I will never be able to share in this microphone. How dare you? Like, and I was just like, what the? And I was weeping. All my friends, all my relationships were changed, different. But I didn't stop loving him. He didn't speak to me for two years. I'd send him a text. Hey, bro, I love you, man. I'm praying for you. I was in his wedding. I'm praying for your marriage. Like, I, I, just doing the things that I read in scripture, not because I'm perfect, just the ways of Jesus. I never got invited back to that party or gathering. Two years later, I got a phone call from my brother. He said, JP, my life's a mess. My marriage is a mess. We're on the brink of divorce. I've been watching you. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten text messages from you. I've watched your life. I've been around you from a distance and seeing what's going on. Bro, what happened to you two years ago? I prayed with him. Him and his wife are married, they're thriving, they're incredible because the work of the kingdom came alive among them. I, I, I had to choose, guys, this is a choice. I had to choose to live well among unbelievers. Yeah. I, didn't have to, I, I didn't have a choice to say I have all the answers or I know how to do this. I didn't have a choice to, 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 to make the gospel less than what it was. I have a mandate from heaven, not because I'm a pastor. I was not even a pastor at that point. I was just a follower of Jesus. Are your lives living well today that the people that don't know Jesus go? Because we're in a day and age today, right? Where people are crying out, people are desperate, people are hurting, people are in pain, and they're going, I need a solution, I need an answer. Guess what? Your conduct, the way you live, the way you speak, the things that you do matters. And I want to hear the testimonies of people that are going to be calling you in the weeks, in the days, in the months ahead going, man, I, I see your life. You've been challenging me. I want to know what's up. I can't wait for the testimonies. But this is a choice, church. And this is a hard mandate from, from heaven. But Peter writes to a church saying, be alert. Be careful. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. So does your life look different from when Jesus saved you to today? Are you living among your neighbors with love? Are you praying for them? Are you inviting them over to dinner? Are you sharing your, your generosity with them? Are you sharing words of life? Hey, neighbor. <laughs> it's weird. I'm praying for you today. The worship team, come on up. I'm praying for you today. Hey, hey neighbor, I see your daughter. Like, like man, she's, a, she's incredible. I'm going to pray a blessing. Like, are we living this way? Are you so consumed with yourself because you don't know who you are in Christ? Pastor, why you gotta come at us? 
Because guys, this church is not a church that's gonna be what we used to be. We are going after the kingdom of heaven like never before. And I believe we're gonna, not because this room will be filled, not because this room could be packed. I could care, this thing could get shut down tomorrow. Hello? What I want is for your lives and your souls to live well among this time, to live well and to live pure and for God to look at you at the end of your life and go, well done, bro. Well done, sister. You made it. You did well. And I approve you. Come on in and spend eternity with me. Is this okay? Third thing, people who live, who live in heaven, flat out, bring glory to God. Is your life bringing glory to God? Is everything of your life, not Sundays, not devotional time at old groups, is your life, the private and the public, bringing glory to God? Guys, this is not to condemn. We are, we are a church that wraps our arms and says, come on, come on. I got brothers and sisters in this house that, come on, pastor, come on. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing this. Let's do this together. No, we're not letting anybody. No, our lives are called to bring glory to God. He writes in verse 12, so that when they speak against your, you as evildoers, because what Peter says is as you live well among them, the world looks at good as evil and evil as good. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. Don't get it. Guys, be aware of this. Hello, please be aware of this. The world looks at things that are evil and says, they're good. And things that are good and goes, that's evil. I don't want to say this, but I had prime example. Whatever happened, in, I don't know how long ago, it was a couple weeks ago in California with the, the bill was passed with, with like having relationships with somebody younger. You all aware of this? Anybody? No? Is that a thing? That happened, right? I read articles. Like I think it's, can't believe the news today. But it happened. And the world's going, it's fine. And I'm going, what? That's not fine. That's not okay. That's pure demonic evil. And we're going, no, it's, it's cool. No, 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 no. No, the church should be going, no, 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 no. No, 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 that's not right. And who cares? Because it says they, they might say to you, no, you're just evildoers. You're crazy. You're nutcases. Guess what's going to happen? One of two things. They're either going to get saved because of your life or they're going to face God at the end of their life and go, man. And God's going to get glorified either way. The question, though, today is, is your life bringing glory to God? Are you bringing the presence of God with you in every moment of your life? When you walk into a room, does Jesus' glory walk with you? When you walk into a meeting, does the glory of Jesus walk with you? When you walk into a class, does the glory of God walk in with you? See, this is not a game, guys. You can't turn this thing on and off. This is a, this is a lifestyle. This is, this is us. Every moment. I, I'll, I'll finish with this. I was invited to an event here in the city uh, about a year ago. and It was a really big event. It was down, down in uh, Gold Coast area, and I remember getting invited, and the guy asked me to come and that was having this event. He asked me to come and just pray with him prior to him speaking to a handful of people. And I remember going and I remember the Lord just saying, hey, 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 before you go into that space, I was with a buddy, before you go into that space, take, take 30 minutes and just spend some time with me. So okay, so we began to pray. We began to intercede in the car. I said, God, whatever you want to do and forgive me for the personal stories. I hope this is okay and we'll, we're going to close. But I said, Lord, like, what would you have me say? What would you have me do? How would you have me operate? And he just said, I want you just to carry my presence into that place. I showed up and 
It's got the bougie line of like people checking you in, guys with the earpieces, big guys, and I'm like, where are we? <laughs> I remember like being really cool. Like they're like, oh, he's with us. <laughs> flesh, flesh, still there. <laughs> Come on, it's a, little, it's a little tough crowd in here today. <laughs> I remember walking through the hall, the, the place, hundreds of people. All different people, people you probably know and see on TV and all that jazz, but I remember God saying, be set apart tonight. Be set apart. And I looked at my buddy, I was like, you in a good spot, we good? He's like, yeah, let's do this. We went and prayed for the guy and afterwards we hung around the room and people would come up to me and while we're standing there looking at different things and they'd be like, what do you do? I'd be like, you don't wanna ask me that. <laughs> Who, what, what profession are you in? I was like, building. I build a lot of things. Bad joke. It's a good church joke when you're not in the church. <laughs> like I, I'm a pastor, and they're like, hey, thanks. <laughs> but others, and I, I caught myself saying, I, I, I'm a pastor, but to be honest with you, I just love Jesus. I remember some people would be having beverages in their hands, and they would set them down. <laughs> But you can hold on to that. You're fine. Like, I can still talk to you. I remember people would begin to go, what, what's, like there's an aura about you. There's, there's some, there's, I'm getting a good vibe from you. Come on, this is 2020. This is how people talk. Well, your, your, your aura, your presence, I just feel it. What, what are you? Are you a, what are, what are they like? A tart, tart, like what are those words? I'm like, I don't know like what I am. Like I'm born in January. I have no idea what I am. <laughs> They keep asking me that stuff. I'm like, I don't know. They're like, but the presence around you, I just, what's going on? And I remember I would say to people, that's just Jesus. And people would say, thanks, man. But I remember one woman. I said, it's just Jesus. She began to weep. And I said, do you want to know Jesus? She said, I do in the midst of a crowd, hundreds of people. This is not because pastor's special. I have missed the mark. I have said no to God's voice many times. But I was reminded of this story last service about, man, we gotta live lives that bring glory to God. And in the midst of that crowd, I said, lady, let's pray a prayer together. Let's commit your life to Jesus because what you feel is the goodness of our God. And she gave her life to Jesus in that moment. And I believe when I get to eternity, I'm gonna see that woman that was there at that party that was messed up, broken, and hurting, but because of the glory of our God, she has been forever changed, forever transformed. The gospel of Jesus Christ came to her life and it set a sinner free. Come on, guys. How many of you wanna see people that are bound set free? How many of you wanna see the people that are addicted set free? It's not a freedom to just go out. We can do whatever. It's a freedom to see the glory of God come to a city like Chicago that has been labeled dark, violent, broken, to turn into a city that's filled with life and hope and peace and the goodness of our God because the glory of our God is shining and moving through us. This is not your home. So stop holding on to it. Stop acting like it is. Your home is in heaven and if you know your home is in heaven, then you live your life from that position. You do not care what man thinks. You do not care what man says. You do not care what people are gonna think about you or say about you or do to you. You don't care any of it. You care about what your Father in heaven says about you. And what he says is, you are my son, you are my daughter, and I love you. Where 
is your home. I want to pray for us right now. I want to pray that that confidence would fill hearts, that you would know exactly who you are in Christ. And from that, you would know where your heart is, your soul is, and you would move and live about from that position. We do not live from a position of being this or that. We live from a position of being Jesus' kids. So bow your heads, please, and close your eyes for one moment. I want him just to speak whatever he's speaking over you right now. These promises, this word of truth. Receive it. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray you set people free in this room. Oh, the glory of heaven would just shine brighter right now in this moment. That people would come to the end of their self. They would say yes to you. Jesus, I pray that for us that have said yes to you, God, that, that we, by your Spirit's power, we would live well. We would live according to your Spirit's leading and guiding. We would not live according to the desires of our flesh. Father, I say in the name of Jesus that you would silence the voice of the enemy. Silence the voice of our flesh in this room. May we, God, fix our eyes upon you and may we look to you and may our lives be surrendered to you, Jesus. I pray for addictions to be broken. I, I pray for generational curses to be broken in this room. I pray for bondage to, to be released off of people's lives, God. I, I pray for trauma to be released off of people's lives, God. I, I pray for freedom to fall upon people, to live well, to live the way you called us to live in such a time as this, God. I, I pray for identity to be deep in my brothers and sisters, God. I pray that they would not lack who, knowing who they are and who they've been called to by you, God. Father, I pray you would give us the strength and the, the wisdom and the discernment to live well among this world, among this city, God. I pray the glory of heaven would shine through our lives, God, that we would not be satisfied with where we're at today, but God, we would invite you in, your presence, your glory deeper into our lives and may it shine all about. Father, right now, we say yes to you. Yes to your ways. Yes to your love. Yes to your grace. Father, today we say that everything we have is from you and it flows through you, God. And so, God, we bless your name. We give you honor to your name. Come on, church. Can we stand to our feet?